You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 13 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with the awesome Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. How are you going? Good. What have you been up to this week? Oh my God, I've just come in from like Armageddon. <laughs> okay. Like when it turned, it was like, you know, that scene in Wizard of Oz where everyone's like flying around? Yeah. That's what it was like around my house really? just now. Yeah, yeah. Massive storm, lightning that like, you know, the whole house lit up. Wow. It was that bright and then you wait for the... It was like, yeah, scary stuff. That's Melbourne weather for you, Gina. It's, it's getting really tropical here. I know the rest of the world's in, like, at the moment, having, like, you know, the northern hemisphere in a cold snap, but it's, like, boiling hot and we're having tropical weather here. Wow. Well, meanwhile, it's been a perfect day in Sydney. <laughs> of course. It's just been lovely because I have spent the afternoon uh, photographing my cats <laughs> with the new camera Val and with, the new lens with the new camera and the new lens How's and it going? Uh, it's going well um you know i'm loving it because um but i will admit that i'm not uh having a lot of variety in my shots at the moment they're basically yeah. of the same two things <laughs> rex cat, and rocky and are you going like wide open 2.8 as far as I can, depending on mm. where they are and, mm. um, you know, what it looks like. Sometimes I, you know, do the boudoir shot while they're in bed with the rumpled oh. sheets. Oh, that shot. <laughs> Love that shot. Sometimes I do them outside, you know, leaning on the railing <laughs> against the railing anyway, not quite leaning. Sometimes I do the food shot, which would be probably your equivalent of the, you know, uh, latte at the cafe shot, but my boys don't go to the cafe, so... They're just there with their food. And uh, sometimes I get them to look up and, you know, look pensively into the distance. Their hair sort of mussed up over their, exactly, over their eyes. Exactly. So, um, yeah, you know, a bit hit and miss at the moment because I'm still mucking around and uh, playing with a few... Uh, playing with a few things. And also they don't take direction like humans, you no. know. So it's, it, it takes a bit longer than... Um, than it would if it was a human subject. But anyway, that's my afternoon. However, what's been happening in the world of photography this week? I understand you have a link for us. Yeah, I do. I've, so I've been, like, you know, having a look around on the shiny things of the internet and I found a really great one. I think it's been circulating for a while, but it's uh, 22 things you should never say to a photographer and uh, I had a good laugh because... I've had all of these things said to me in the past. I won't go through all of them. We'll put the uh, link in the show notes. But, um, like, I've got some comebacks for a couple of when you when you get these. It's like uh, one of my personal favourites that we've all heard is, uh, your camera takes really nice pictures. <laughs> and you know what the best comeback for that is? Go on. Thanks. I taught it everything it knows. <laughs> Good uh, one. And uh, another great one is uh, I hate having my photo taken. We hear that all the time. Yeah. But it's like, you know, the comeback to that is you just never met the right photographer. <laughs> Good one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, what else is uh, your – okay, so this one I hear all the time from my uh, son and daughter. Your job's easy. All you do is click a button all day. <laughs> I don't have a comeback okay. from that. I do. I say you're adopted. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, that really annoys me. I like that. People say that. I like um, it. I love this one. Can you take your watermark mark off the photos you post on Facebook? My mum wants to print them. <laughs> oh, does that, people really ask that? 
People ask that all the time. Wow. I don't actually have a comeback for that, unfortunately. <laughs> so it's uh, – and uh, where there was one um, – like we're having a party. Oh, do you want to come to my party and can you bring your camera? Oh, yeah, great. <laughs> so as a journo, do you ever get, hey, um, you want to come over? I'm writing a book. Bring your pen. Do you know what <laughs> Just, I get all the time? What because do you get? I, Because I've written books. I yeah. get very frequently from people who should, who should know better, yeah, let's catch up for coffee and then you can give me a copy of your book. Oh, yeah. All the time. Give me a copy of your book because I've got this endless supply. <laughs> and unfortunately, like, like the, I think the other profession that uh, ha- ha- suffers from this syndrome that we do, obviously, for, as photographers, always being invited to parties. And when we turn up without the camera, it's like, why didn't you bring your camera? Yeah. And it's like, it's hairdressers who oh. just are expected to do all their friends and family for uh, free. Yes. So it's like I know a lot of hairdressers that are in that, uh, in that boat. So yep. um, I guess if someone says, you know, I'm having a party, you bring the camera, you go, uh, sure, how many hours do you want to book me for? You just you know, be up front <laughs> if you don't, you know, really want to be uh, working at everyone's uh, function. Yeah. So that's uh, a really good uh, site. So uh, ha- check it out. There's uh, 22 really good ones there. Yeah, that's uh, there, and there's some other excellent ones like what's the discount if I edit the pictures myself? <laughs> <laughs> also, um, your camera is so tiny; it looks like a compact camera. You sure you're a pro? <laughs> and of course, um, my phone takes better photos than your camera. <laughs> I know we're hearing that all the time. Oh goodness me! Anyway, so yeah, that's excellent link. Now we just want to remind everyone that we've just set up a uh, Google Plus page. So you want to be a photographer? So come over, join us. Uh, you know, we'll be popping in there and upload some of your photos from yeah. hashtag Gina Challenge to the Google Plus page, or put them on Instagram. We're going to check both of those mediums. I think uh, Instagram and and Google Plus onto the So You Want to Be a Photographer page um, and. If it's it's been fantastic actually to check out some of the uh, Gina, hashtag Gina challenges uh, yeah. pictures uh, on Instagram. So far, we've been looking at the ones where the theme has been portraits, and they're awesome. We've got ones they from are. DJ Elfs. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, but also E Mullins photogram, and uh, awesome one from uh, of uh, a portrait of a dog. <laughs> I knew you'd spot that <laughs> <laughs> from BB. E.C. Nell, I'm not really sure. That's actually, you know what, that's a gorgeous portrait. It is gorgeous. What a beautiful dog. Fantastic. Mm. One's from Techno Tabor and also from Daniel Edward Barker and um, just great bunch of photos from M. Hickman Photo. We've checked them all out. Um, And uh, we'd love you to continue with the Gina Challenge as well. So um, and jump on and uh, comment on them all after the uh, after the podcast tonight. We, um, I'm so impressed. We we've yeah. got some very talented, really uh, people talented in our, people. Yeah, very very talented. And, Beautiful. And uh, we'll let you know what the challenge is for this week at the, the end of the podcast. But thank you also for those of you who've emailed us. We want to be, do a big shout out to Martin who has uh, who is listening all the way from Sweden. So know, yeah, long long way away. So thank you. And he's got a, uh, a homepage. I mean, a website called wild moosecom Still mm. a work in progress, but uh, looking good, Martin. Thanks for yes. thanks for connecting with us. Awesome. So you've got a few things to say this week, haven't you, Gina? I've got a few things to say. Yeah, I've always got a few yeah, things to say. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, before we get into our, uh, into our topic this week, I just want to talk about uh, how we choose the words that we use to describe our actions and the effect that those words that we choose have on our chances of success. So I actually stumbled on uh, something across the internet that actually laid it out beautifully. And basically what it is, is uh, if you use the words, I won't, what are your chances of success? Not well, very high. <laughs> no, 0%. Okay. Then you go into saying, I can't, mm. well, 10%. 20%, I don't know how to, which is interesting because, you know, that's what someone might say that, uh, you know, I don't know how to take great pictures. Yeah. So 
you know, maybe if you want to up your chances, you might be able to rephrase that to I wish I could. Gives you a 30% chance. Rephrasing that again um, to I want to gives you a 40% chance of success. Saying I think I might gives you a 50% chance of success. Saying I might, 60%. Change that to I think I can, you up your rate to 70%. I can brings it up to 80% success. I am. Very powerful statement. I am ninety yep, percent. I am doing this. Or I doing am. Mm-hmm. So, what's we talked about last week or the week before? When I said I want to be, um, I wanted to start photography. The first thing I started to say when people ask me, "What do you do?" I am a photographer. Yeah. Not I'm going to be. Not I want to be. I am a photographer, and all I had was a card that said that on it but I set my intention, I am a photographer. And the 100% chance of success, I did. Yeah, fantastic. That's very Tony Tony Robbins of you, Gina. Yeah, I know. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Gina Robbins. (laughs) Gina Robbins, thank you very much. It's got a nice – imagine being married to him. Oh, what a life. Imagine how exhausting it would be. He's he's so – Hyper, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, incredible. It makes huge differences in people's lives. So, <laughs> would he make you walk across fire? Would, you, would you do it? Walk across coals. Can you get up in the morning? You got to walk across coals <laughs> to get to your coffee. You can do it. Come on, come on. <laughs> would you walk across hot coals? I don't know. I don't. I. I. I'd love to say yes. Uh-huh. I could. I am. I can. (laughs) Take your own advice, Gina. (laughs) Take your own advice. Okay, but walking across hot coals is a little bit different to uh, being a photographer. So let's move on, though, to what I think is a really interesting topic this week, which are some of the biggest photography mistakes that people commonly make when it you know when they're forging a career as a photographer, and obviously how to avoid them or how to fix them. So yeah. I, and there's, I know you've shown me the list um, already and I think some of mm. them are just really awesome. Uh, so let's go on and, and talk about that. What have, you, what have you got for us first? What are some of the most common or biggest mistakes you can make in photography? All right, well, I'm going to start off with a quote because I'm continuing on now that I'm Miss Robbins. <laughs> okay, yes. Uh, you will only fail to learn if you do not learn from failing. Okay, okay? yep. So... These are mistakes and, and every single one of the mistakes on this list, I've made them all, okay? okay. So just know that and <laughs> that's why I know so many of them all and that's how we learn. And so if I hadn't have made any of these mistakes through my career, I don't think I would be uh, doing the kind of photography I'm doing now or be able to remember and have the certain protocols that I have towards my photography. So. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid of making mistakes. I think I think it's important to just you know as as you starting out get them over with early. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and and you know it's no big deal. We all do it. Everyone makes them. So you know. And then uh, my other disclaimer is there isn't a right or wrong way to do things. So just so I'm saying, you know. Um, these are mistakes it's, and I'm not necessarily saying that this is the right or wrong way to do it. You do whatever you're happy doing and whatever makes you comfortable. Okay. Right. Oh, maybe that I don't totally understand what you're saying there but maybe that will emerge as we go through the mistakes because surely there is a right way and wrong way to, you know, get... There, there, well, technically there is but mm. you can say like, you know, um, that just because... You want to shoot in a, in a way that some people say, well, that's actually a mistake in terms of how you compose something or do something like that. But it's still, you know, you can make it your own and do it your right. own way. Okay. I'm not saying that ne- it's necessarily that this way is the right way and the only way. Right. You know? And and we've also some of the best styles 
uh, of art have been developed from people uh, making mistakes and then turning that into a, a new art style. So you, yeah, you, know? you, you, you can break the rules, but it's, it's useful to know what the rules are in order. You to should break know them. the rules to start with, and then go for your life. Okay. Break every right, single one of them if you want to. Go okay? on then. So first on my list, uh, and this was one that I, uh, you know, suffer from, and actually uh, still have some problems with, depending on the shoot, uh, camera shake and poor focus. Yeah. So uh, your new lens, Val, you'll notice that your new zoom lens has two uh, different settings for focus on the side. Next to you've got autofocus, manual focus, and then you've got a distance that you can select. Yes. Have you noticed that? I have because you pointed it out to me. (laughs) I know, and I pointed it out to you because it took me ages to work that out on, like, you know, my Nikon system and then I had it on the Canon system and I just worked out, oh, is that what that's for? Mm. So, and, and, you know, when you're starting out, there's so many buttons and things to remember, you know, that you're not, you never know, like, which one is, you know, the closest distance and the and the furthest distance? So, wrap your head around that and and how how close your lens is going to focus. Mm. So maybe you even do a test so that you know that you can stand this this distance away, and it will be sharp. And if you get any closer, then the lens isn't going to focus for you. Yeah. Okay. Um, and the the other one is making sure that when you're doing a portrait, focus on the eyes. Yeah. You know, that's really important and a lot of people uh, forget to do that or they might miss and the focus will hit the uh, the side of the, the eye and not the actual eyeball. Camera shake is uh, something that you can avoid by just having your shutter speed set a bit faster and if you want to avoid camera shake, maybe start shooting at, at 1125th and higher mm-hmm. if you're handheld yeah. and that's going to eliminate camera shake. Uh, the other workaround is to uh, use a tripod. Yeah, for sure. No? Yeah, good one. Because I know that as a magazine editor, sometimes I get the shots back from the photographer. And it, I think what you just said, one of the key tips is definitely focus on the eyes. Because there's so many times when I've wanted to put a shot on the cover of a magazine or something like that. And. You know, it's their chin that's in focus, <laughs> or it's yeah. their it, it's the their ear that's in focus, yeah. and everything's that just that little bit soft. So yeah, great tip. Okay, great. What else? Loose composition. This is something that uh, a lot of newbie photographers will start out with, and it's just like um, not really knowing what what the subject is or your main focal point, and just trying to get really sort of uh, just really loose photos. So, like, right. s- step in, take a detail, or like if you've got a person in the shot, try and make sure that they're not teeny tiny. Although that can that can look amazing in some shots, but just really think about your framing and what it is that you're trying to photograph. And that's why I say that the iPhone or a smartphone camera is great to start with because it really makes you focus on the kind of composition and to try and make it interesting. So step in, fill the frame if you can. If you're doing portraits, fill the frame up. And if you're doing landscapes or anything like that, make sure you've got something in the foreground, something in the middle ground and something in the, in the, in the distance just to keep the shot interesting. I know the mentality of some people that they actually think, I'd rather go wide and take in everything because I can crop in later. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Okay, so I've actually argued with editors over this and lost a gig doing it because the the, the um, pick editor was, was saying that over my shoulder going, shoot wide, we'll crop in. And yeah. I'm like, no, because that changes the look of the photo. I said, I w- uh, you know, I would rather fill the frame because if you're filling... Um, if you're shooting something and it's only taking up a quarter of the frame, Val, mm. and then you you crop into that quarter, you, you you've only got a quarter of the file size. So, yes. So, so it's going to like it's going to be a lower resolution, and yes. it's like I I refuse to do it. I actually refused. Okay. It's it's not right. it's not yeah. So Gina fill takes the a frame. stand. I did take a stand. It cost me, but it was worth it. Um, fill the frame and um, yeah. Okay. What else? Uh, poor lighting. And so oh, yeah. this is something I, I think that you need to uh, spend as much time as you can really learning to see light. And, you know, in yeah. all honesty, it took me a long time to actually properly see and understand how light works. So that's yeah. just like spend time every day 
when you're around, just be aware, just be uh, like focus on the light. What's it look like when you're speaking to people? Look at the light in the face. Look at the catch lights. Yeah. You know, is the light here? Just really notice light. And that exercise of taking photos at different times of the day, yeah. particularly for portraits, and, and landscape is, is going to make you a much better photographer. So backlight, morning light, afternoon light, midday light, dusk, everything, all different lighting conditions and really see what your camera can produce in those sorts of different lighting conditions and really understand and learn to see light. Absolutely. And, I, you know, I've learned so much about lighting from you and I think that your piece of advice there about potentially taking a portrait and even if you take, use your cat <laughs> or, yeah, or, or a yeah. dummy or whatever, but, you know, if you have a real person, great. But put, it, put them in the same spot yes. at different times of day and, and, and then analyse which is the better shot and why. A great idea. And the dummy one, I've given that to a lot of people this week, actually. So buy a styrofoam head from an art yeah. shop, paint it grey because that'll match the skin tone and then just put it on a stick and take it around with you if you need to or set it up in the same spot and just shoot it so that you can watch the light. Absolutely. And that's not a dumb thing. You know, I've got one. It's yep. not styrofoam. It's just a like a model's head sort yep. of thing. The and styrofoam I'm, ones are cheap. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, we call her Kate. And... Oh, mine's Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> so Kate and Wayne should get together. <laughs> they should. Do you reckon they secretly chat? When maybe, we're, maybe. We should set them up on a date. Oh, my God. <laughs> Let's do a shoot. When I'm bringing Wayne when I come up next. Oh, okay. I'll bring, I'll bring Kate. You can meet Kate. <laughs> All right. What else? Uh, using flash on camera incorrectly. Uh, right. So uh, this is one when when I used to like put the flash on camera, but just like crank it up to blast, yeah. nuclear blast, and just pull. Yeah. So too much overusing it. When you know sometimes um, you can actually get away without using it altogether. So you can turn it off and just use available light. You know when when I shoot um, events and things, it's like you know sometimes I just like automatically just turn it on if I if I think about it and just maybe um, turn the flash off and just use the ambient light sometimes it's more beautiful than you know sort of blasting and you know because flash on camera is really flat and it's kind of nasty and you know so if you can avoid it try turning it off to do it to a test before what's it like with what's it like without turn it down really low um and sometimes uh put it to a third or two-thirds under what it should be um if you're shooting ttl and that that often helps as well so it's just giving you because sometimes you just want that tiny little pop to put a little bit of like a ding into the eyes like a little bit of a catch light but you don't want it to overpower um your your subjects and 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 flatten everything and just make it right Okay, I must admit that I'm not very good at flash on camera, so I will ask you more questions about that in a future. We'll cover it. We will do. We will cover all of that. So, um, yeah, Uh, uncomfortable models. Okay, now we've discussed this in prior um, episodes. We'll talk about it again, but it's so crucial that your models are comfortable and not looking uh, fearful in the shot, or they're not. Uh, their eyes are glazed over and it all comes down to you know as photographer you've got to do your job and communicate yeah you know and so um you know i know that if i'm not if i'm not 100 percent there and i'm just like go if i go into autopilot you can just see that like you, you're not you're not capturing their attention and you're not working them the way you should be so you've got to be like telling stories and you know getting them to be there with you and it's that whole you know Connecting with that. them. So incre- you, you must. Yeah, and putting them at ease. First, that's from the first moment that you meet them to like, hi, how you going, how's your day, da 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 Conversation's got to be going and you're working. You're working hard for that shot. Yeah, so, so your work doesn't really start just when you start taking the photographs. Your work starts from the minute that you meet them. The minute you step in the door and there they are, it's like you're on, everybody's on, and you're going to get great shots that way, guaranteed. Now, another big mistake I know (laughs) is when um, you're working with some models, whether they're, you know, uh, professional models or or normal people, but there's – I end up with shots, you know, uh, when I I commission photographers, I end up with shots and I look at it and I go, oh, my God, did you not see the pole – growing out of that person's head. Is that yeah. not the most obvious thing in the world? That tree that's sticking out yeah. of their hair, 
it's such a basic thing that I am shocked by the number of photographers who are obviously concentrating so much on on the subject that they forget to look at what's in the background. We're focusing on the lighting. We're focusing on, you know, the, what the subject's doing, on the expression, on, on mm. the fire, the flashing and, of the you know, everything. And it's like then you get your shots back and go, oh. Yeah, <laughs> there's, there's a pole growing out of the bay. It's always a pole for some yeah. reason. So, yeah, that was a, an editorial shoot that was for a, a big magazine, the first one that I did for them, and I was like, I was so happy everything was lit, got on back, and the editor's like, oh, what about the pole out of the back of their head? I'm like, oh, no. Oh, you know, so... What else? It's almost like you need a checklist to make sure that, you know, to move it around and make sure that that's the last thing. So uh, hands, this is something that everyone overlooks, you Mm. know, again, because we're watching everything else, clenched fists or the hands are awkward, you know, Mm. that's like this one last little thing, check the hands, make sure that they're comfortable and relaxed because people get uptight and they'll clench their fists or they'll, they'll hold their hands together really tightly and so they've got that white knuckle thing going on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The other thing, uh, Valerie, I think you're guilty of this. I possibly <laughs> have to put my hand up of being guilty of this too. Gearaholics. What do we mean? <laughs> you just buy gear. You have to <laughs> buy the next gear, you know, gear, gear, gear. And it's like New Land's <laughs> got to have that, got to have this little bit. How many tripods have you got? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I How have many? to say, though. How many have you got? <laughs> well, I've got one right next to me. No, I've got, well, actually, I've How got. How many have you got? Four next to me four. right now. <laughs> But interestingly, my cat Rex has decided they're useful to sleep on. I don't know how that could possibly be comfortable. Uncomfortable. Yeah, I know. There's four next to me right now as we speak. Yeah. So, like, not necessary, really. It's like you just, like, it's just the thing. It's like you see the next bit of gear. It's not going to make you that better photographer. Stick to that one lens, master the camera. Get one tripod is enough, Val. Enough. Yeah, okay, got it. So, yeah, so just uh, maybe, yeah, tone that down a bit. Uh, camera angles. Right. Th- thinking mean? about, like, well, when we're shooting portraits, uh, something that's a bit 90s to do is shooting from above, which was a, like a real trend in the 90s. So oh, yeah. My folio in the 90s, everyone was shot from slightly above, yeah. which, uh, you know, makes them look less than, smaller. So, like, I like to shoot everyone, like, at eye level or slightly, you know, slightly below that so that they appear powerful, yeah. right? You know, so uh, just just watch your camera angles and, and, and have a think. And, and the other thing uh, that, I, my, that I do all the time is again I have a blind spot to verticals and horizontals when I shoot. What do you mean? So, so if I'm if I'm working with a person, I'm focused a hundred percent on them, on their expression, on what their hands are doing, on the camera angle and everything. And I don't see that the camera's on a tilt and my verticals aren't vertical or that you know horizontals aren't horizontal. So my 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 assistants are constantly Gina the camera <laughs> they won't embarrass me from the clients. Gina the camera's not um not straight. You, do you mean to do that? I'm like, yeah, yeah, but maybe we'll straighten it up just for another angle, shall we? Okay. <laughs> so, um, you know, think about that. Most tripods have got like a little spirit level in them, so you can yeah. use that to actually check that you're level. So watch the verticals and horizontals. Uh, another one. Do you know what spraying and praying is? I think we've talked about this. You mean when you just shoot, 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 shoot in the hopes that you get one. <laughs> and you will. If you take a 1,000 photos of someone, guaranteed yes. I think 1% will be amazing. Okay. Okay? The problem with that is at the other end, who's going to do all the editing? Yeah. You know, and this is a lot of paparazzis love the spray and pray. They just, like, they'll set someone up for a portrait and then they'll just go, okay, <laughs> And yeah. they've literally taken – do you like how I do that? Because I kind of like that. Yeah, go on, do it again. Does it sound right? I couldn't yeah. do it again. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm pretty happy with myself actually. Um, so I prefer the old school method, uh, just uh, shooting maybe 10, 15 frames yeah. per setup. That will guarantee you get a great expression. If you're shooting a group shot, you've got more than, um, you know, three, three to five to ten people, then maybe uh, – 10 frames is a good idea just make sure you get a good shot you know everyone's but I guess also remember that you got into the practice of doing that because you used to shoot on film and if you were doing 35 millimeter you only had you know a certain number to you had a limited number and if you shoot if you shot 
you know, a large format, you had even less. Then mm. people these days who didn't grow up on film I just aren't used to that. They think they've got an unlimited supply. I know, but, the, you know, at the at, at the other end, then you're sitting there and going through, and then and some photographers actually, and you've had this done to you, I bet, Val, mm. that the photographer has just sent you 400 shots. <laughs> yes. And they let you pick the 400 to choose from, mm. right? Mm. Do you want to be, who wants to spend all that time going through all those shots when they're all exactly the same? Yes, true. So... You can shoot a bit slower. I don't think I don't think the spraying and praying is necessary. The no. other one we have talked about before, chimping. Yeah. Uh, Remind me scry- again. Well, that's when uh, you take a photo, you look at the back of the camera and you go, ooh. <laughs> you take another photo, you look at the back of the camera, you go, ooh. <laughs> you take another photo, look at the back of the camera, ooh. Got it. <laughs> like a chimp. So um, very annoying if you're the client watching this. Yes. Uh, yeah, so uh, maybe think about that when you're photographing people. Look, if you're on your own, chimp on, chimp away, <laughs> chimp the arts, it's good dent, you know. But if you've got someone on set, maybe, like, you know, tone back on the chimping. Yeah. Uh, in regards to chimping, nothing you need to be really good at when you're a photographer, particularly when you're doing portraits, is uh, have a great poker face. Oh, yeah. So I'm uh, bad at that. Are you? I'm bad. Yeah. So I've seen photographers do this when they've got someone on set. They take a shot. They look at the back of the screen and their face screws up. <laughs> yeah. Like they've just seen the most awful sight ever. Your poor client is so sensitive at that time. They're going to be scanning your face I for know. every reaction, you know? Like when you're at the doctors and you're waiting for them to read results. Imagine if the doctor didn't have a poker face. Yeah. And they're looking at your results going, oh, that's <laughs> not good. <laughs> you, you know, so you want you want to make, you know, give them the confidence that you know what you're doing. And, and even if the, 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 the image looks awful that I'm seeing, yeah. I'll always smile. Yeah, like you're I, good at that. I'm much you worse. Know, looks amazing we're just gonna change the lights a little bit because i've overexposed your face four stops but they're not to know that so just you know keep the poker face going (laughs) um you know practice that it's a really good technique to have uh i don't know if uh I've been accused of this in the past. Being too pushy. What do you mean too pushy? Uh, well, it's just like just really, but being really pushy with your clients and going, you know, stand there, do this, do that, do that, but but not in a nice way, just really, oh. you know, just pushing all your um, your style and the way you do things onto them and your personality and everything. So if you're like a strong and domineering kind of personality and you've got someone who's very shy on set, you're going to come in and steamroll them and, and, you know, they're going to be scared. Mm. That's that's not fun, is it? Mm. You know, and and, and also being pushy with the client, they'll have a suggestion, you know, I don't know, I don't know about that. I don't think we should do that. Let's do it my way, my way. You're not really like that, are you, Val? No. 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 And, uh, well, I, I've had that done to me as the client. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And mm. it's not fun. So no. I, think, I think a great photo should be, you know, a collaborative process where everyone works together. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and, and that way you get a great shot and you're sensitive to the, the type of person that you've got on set. You know, if they're shy, then, you know, come in a bit gently and uh, really respect their, their boundaries and, and uh, you know, do, do, do the right thing. Try not I to guess I've, I've seen photographers who get a bit high on their own supply sometimes yeah. because they believe that they're the star of the show mm. and and that's why they kind of say it's my way or the highway. And, mm. you know, even unfortunately I guess they don't realise that even though they may produce great shots because often, yes, they do produce great shots. The reality is that clients want to work with people who they get along with and enjoy. Exactly. So, you know, uh, yeah, I, I, it's very important to maintain that that dynamic. Exactly. What else have we got? Uh, over-retouching. <laughs> uh, okay. So <laughs> have you ever done that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and what, what made you realise you had over-retouched or? Uh, you know? The client might say something. <laughs> um, so I've got the 24-hour rule as well or the overnight rule that I actually uh, impose on myself now. So if I'm retouching, particularly if I'm doing um, – uh, like a composite image where I've got lots of things going on, I'm building and building and been working on it all day. I'll finish at the end of the day, 
shut the computer down, go away and not look at it again for another 12 hours. Yeah. And then I look at it with fresh eyes and sometimes I go, oh, my God, that's amazing. <laughs> or I go, oh, my God, what was I thinking? Because you acclimate to the screen. Yeah. Right? So sure. you're not noticing that your colours are wrong or you've just gone too far on the, you know, the skin retouching or you've just, you know, made them look like a, a horror victim. Yes. So... so Again, I guess, you know, less is more, gently gently does it with the retouching, build slowly, and uh, if in doubt, get one of my kids to come around <laughs> and critique it because... They're, they're really great. honest. They're, oh, no, they're too honest. That, that's... Te- what, do you, what have you done? That's awful, you know? You better start again and unlike it, you know? You've been working on it all day. Yeah, they're great art critics. So, yes... Uh, Along the lines of uh, retouching uh, colour balance, the colour balance is out on a shot. So that's a really important one to... And often it's like you might be working in a room and you've got your camera set to daylight. Yeah. And you're in a room that's lit with uh, tungsten lights. So everything is too warm. And you've had this experience too with colour where you've been wearing red or red reflected into your face and so you've got the wrong toning. So um, there's actually apps that you can use, uh, get for your phone, and I'll actually dig it up, put it in in the show notes that you can put it on it's like a gray card right right yep. so when you're shooting uh portraits maybe uh if you if you've got time get someone to hold uh either the app or you have a gray card that you carry in your case in front of their face and then when it comes time to uh retouching you can just click on that gray neutral area and and you will get a, a neutral color balance of your so- image in case there's anyone who isn't clear what a grey card is, can you expand on that, please? It's actually a piece of card that is uh, toned to mid-grey, which is the middle middle of the, the grey scale in photography. So it's an old-school term. But basically, uh, the camera reads... Uh, the. the uh, from that so everything's based on that so when you're taking a photo and it's based on uh, the correct exposure it'll be a middle gray and so to balance all the colors you want to go off a neutral area yeah and and so you can use your post-production like Lightroom or Capture One or whatever software you're using and you can actually get a correct color balance for that image based on that middle gray tone that you've got. So what's next? Uh, so uh, <laughs> calling yourself a natural light photographer. That's a mistake? <laughs> well. Why do you think that's a mistake? There's a lot of photographers that do that, that they're, they're actually advertising themselves as, uh, yes, I'm a natural light photographer. <laughs> Basically. It's like, uh, it's like that being a green juicy. Well, no, it's like, no, it's kind of reading between the lines is, uh, I don't understand how to use yeah, flash. Right. You know, so it's um, sure, look, I was a natural light photographer and then I took the plunge and actually, you know, learned to use flash properly. It's taking a risk mm. to learn something new. It's putting yourself out of your comfort zone again and you feel like you're starting over. But, oh, my God, you can do so much more with your images if you learn how to use flash and use it properly because suddenly you're not just limited to working in daylight hours or where there's good light. Sometimes you've got amazing light in the background but you just need a little bit extra just on the face and you can create some amazing stuff just by putting, you know, that little bit of extra effort in to learn how to use flash. Or not just flash, you can use continuous lighting. And you can use continuous lighting. And like you, Val, it was like a bit scary at first, but you've you've mastered continuous lighting now. I wouldn't say mastered. But you <laughs> feel a lot more comfortable. It's not it's not as scary as you thought it was at the yeah. start. Mm, you know? Mm, mm. Okay. Uh, next on the list, awkward poses. Again, so oh, uh, yeah. this is about making, giving people like... Some some photographers will come in and 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 like and I've done this where I've I've got like I've got a set idea in my mind of how I want that person to pose, yeah. right? And you you've got that the shot in your mind, and then you get the person, and suddenly you'll say, okay, this is the pose I want you, and they'll do it, but they just look awkward. Yeah, you know, and then the old me will just continue on no no this has to work this is the pose i had in mind mm-hmm. and try and push through that and try and get them to do that but they still look awkward or you can actually you know allow them to to sort of own that shot themselves and flow into it naturally yeah 
And also, I think a really good thing to, 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 to know if you're going to be posing and working with people is to, as a photographer, know how to pose yourself. Oh, you yeah, know, definitely. So that you can show them, and, and obviously we've got a lot more um, show that we can do about all of this, but, you know, knowing how to pose and, and uh, then you can really easily show other people how, how, to, how to pose it in a relaxed manner. A and world maybe, of difference. Absolutely. And maybe, you know, start with two go-to poses that you, you, you know as a photographer that you can do and you can demonstrate. Yeah. And, and then at least then when people are watching you demonstrating the pose, they're going to be able to do it um, easily as well. And then you build on that series. So you can have two, then four, then, you know, build it up to ten. So yeah. just avoid the awkward posing. And, uh, uh, you know, continuing on from that, not working with people's expressions. So, like, you know, just ignoring that, that expression and just worrying about how great the lighting is, yeah. the background, the composition. And then you forget that the whole time that the model's looking just bored or it isn't connected. Absolutely. So that's, that's really important. So that's a, like that final little checklist that you almost have to have going through your mind. Um, another mistake that, that I see uh, a lot of people make is trying to create, trying to get too much out of the one shot. So you've got like when you've got someone set up in a portrait setting, say, say they're, they're, you've, got, you've got your environment in mind, just think, just remember that you want to get like maybe one to two shots out of that location right okay so what a lot of people are trying to do is they're doing that um cliche thing where you see a lot of photographers that are like you know um the model moves 400 times and gives you 400 different shots but what happens is you haven't actually had time to settle into each different shot so i reckon you need about seven to ten frames right Per setup. So if you've got someone like, you know, you've got Rexy leaning up against the wall with his arms crossed, <laughs> yes. right? That shot, I wouldn't get him to move again. I would set him up perfectly, oh, right? Yeah. And then all I would ask to do is like tilt the head or change the angle of the head, yeah. maybe just uh, tweak the fingers or, you know, maybe, but, but don't move and don't change the shape and it's just then just focus on expression after that. Yeah, yeah. Okay? Rather okay. than breaking the pose and doing 15 different poses in that setup and you end up with nothing good. I have to admit that I am probably guilty of that from time to time, yes. Even though I have you in my ear saying not to do that, I have to admit that I can't help myself from time to time. Yeah, so it's just a matter of like remembering to slow down mm. and just like to pace yourself seven to ten frames. Ten. Ten is a good number. Ten frames to get that shot. And you will get over that, I think I'm boring that person. Yeah. But it's so important because you'll see the difference. You want to make those eyes connect. You want to make that smile real and the mood and the vibe and then it gives you time to focus on all the individual body parts and just calm it all down and you really nail that shot. Okay. All right, uh, playing it too safe. So um, you know, just sticking to the same. You found you found your shot, hmm. and hmm. every time you go out, everyone gets like leaned up against the wall. It's the same <laughs> lighting, same setup, same location. You just stay in your comfort zone because you know you've nailed it. You're not going to grow as a photographer that way. So you yeah. know, it's just a matter of like make sure that you uh, change it up, take a risk every now and then. So get your shot. You know, that's your safe shot, nailed that, then take a risk after that and try something different. And, and, you know, nine times out of ten, that risky shot that you take next is going to be your next style of shooting after that. That's so true, actually, and I'm seeing quite a lot of, well, not quite a lot, but I'm seeing a, a few photographers in my circle who are doing portraits of usually business people and yeah. um, that sort of thing. And I just see the same pose. Yeah. They're just repeating the same pose uh, for for all of them when, when they're actually really – and they're usually in the studio, actually. So they've got yeah. the same particular wall, the same particular chair, the same particular whatever. And um, they're not sort of taking into account that sometimes you've got to tailor it to that person's personality. Exactly, mm. exactly. And and change up the locations as well. Yeah. So, so just like find new spots to shoot, that's going to give you uh, your shots automatically will have a, a fresh look if you're shooting yeah. somewhere different. Uh, have a look at um, cl- clothing choice as well. So really oh, think yeah. about what people are wearing. So often people are in the wrong size suits oh, yeah. or too big, too small, or just the wrong clothes altogether. Like uh, people doing headshots, uh, uh, 
one thing I notice is if girls wear those, you know, those strappy, um, you know, those spaghetti straps yeah. for the for the singlet tops. Yeah. So they look great in a, as a complete outfit. But yeah. when it's a headshot and you you crop in, they can look like they're not wearing much Naked. at all. And yeah. also the other thing that the really thin straps do is they make people's arms look bigger. Yes. So you know. Really think about clothing choice, colour choice as well. The right colour can really make the eyes look amazing. The wrong colour is going to make uh, someone's uh, skin tone look really dull. So just uh, try and spend a little bit of time making sure that you uh, really think about that and whether the clothes are, you know, ironed and 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 fit well. And the yeah. and the neckline can make a bit, you know, someone with a a, a, a like a double chin, a V neck is going to make their uh, chin line look a lot uh, a lot smaller. It's going to be more flattering. So all that that sort of stuff. Uh, Then we come to, like, ignoring the little details. So... I don't know how many shots I've wrecked because, again, we've been so into the shot. Oh, my God, it looks amazing. And it's like someone's in bare feet and they look good. And then you get the shot back and go, no one cleaned their feet. Oh, no. And their their feet are filthy. Oh, horrendous. (laughs) Or I've I've not noticed that uh, nail polish is chipped. Yes. Or the dreaded um, fake tan. Oh, yes. Fake tan that I've got to re retouch, or you know, shoes are scuffed, or um, you know, hands are dirty, or there's dust, or there's a big hair across uh, yeah. someone's eye. Impossible to so checklist all the little details. Yeah. Okay, so not giving great feedback to so, the person you're shooting. Yeah. So Jan at the passport office. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at you. Now, I'm looking at you, Jan. Jan mumbles. You're going, what? I'm sorry. And the minute you go, I'm sorry, and your face is all confused, Jan takes the photo. (laughs) Yes. And you're so annoyed because you can't understand what she's saying. And plus, she doesn't say hello. She doesn't greet you. She's got a scowl on her face. I don't like Jan. (laughs) Clearly. I asked for a reshoot, she wouldn't do it. <laughs> so you're standing behind the camera. Everyone, it doesn't matter, like I've noticed, it doesn't matter if they're a supermodel or, you know, my cousin. Everyone <laughs> wants feedback. They all want it. They all love it. So just keep it going. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Not necessarily, don't, and if they're doing something wrong, I don't tell them. I, it's the same when you're training a dog. When a dog does something, you 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 praise, yeah, and and you ignore the bad. Praise the good, ignore the bad. Okay, so same with the same with when you're photographing people. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. I love the way you look that way. That's great. That's great. They do something wrong, ignore it. Just keep going. Keep praising the good because otherwise you're going to give them a complex if you keep saying, "Nah, I like when you stand like that. You look awful. Don't." <laughs> your face up like that you look terrible so you're starting to sound like a nagging mum <laughs> right that's not how to direct people try and avoid that Just praise <laughs> praise 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 got it okay yeah so i'm looking at you again jan being grumpy arrogant or complacent jan is grumpy jan. arrogant and complacent. Oh, those things you know so i don't care what kind of day you know everyone has bad days um, don't, don't bring it to work with you when you're doing a shoot. So, you know, or if you're having a particularly great run, you know, it, it doesn't mean that you can just lord it all over everyone or, you know, be like, oh, I'm, I'm king here. We've, we've touched on this. It's like, it's all about attitude. And also people do, sometimes I see photographers make people do stupid things, you know, yes. like or, or dangerous things or, yes. or stuff like that. Yes. Um, oh. Like, what, have you ever seen that? <laughs> like, like making your bridesmaids jump up and down. Who invented that shot? Okay? It's like, look. They're here. They've got heels on. If your photo, is your photo going to stand the test of time? You know? Look back over the most iconic and famous shots uh, shot over the last hundred years, okay? Your Marlon Brando's, your Audrey Hepburn, James Dean walking down the boulevard of Broken Dreams. Do you see any of them jumping up and down in a group, throwing <laughs> their bouquets in the air? Those, those shots are not going to stand the test of time. 
No. Know? So or probably break an ankle. So and doing dangerous things as well. You know, I deeply, deeply, deeply regret a shoot that I did that's beautiful, <laughs> but I nearly killed us all on the top of Freshwater Place in the city, one of the highest buildings in Melbourne. Uh-huh. We talked someone into leading us onto the very very top right (laughs) the very 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 top yeah and i of course wanted to do her on the very very edge and she's like i'm on the edge i'm gonna fall i'm like it's only like because it wasn't right over the edge 42 stories no no no, 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 no. (laughs) she wouldn't fall the 42 stories she would only fall like three four (laughs) right and i'm like you wouldn't die you wouldn't die. It's going to be nice, but it's like you'll be okay. And there's someone there they'll grab you, I promise, because I was on the other end of the building because I wanted to shoot long. I was in the same situation on the other end. But that was dumb. Yeah. I'll never do it again. Good. Good shot, though. But you shouldn't do it. Shouldn't do it. What else? Yeah. Um. So putting people in inappropriate clothes, again, like um, just – just stuff that's wrong it's along the lines of making people do stupid things yeah dressing them in stupid clothes as well all right so what do you mean uh, i don't know trying to be uh trying to be too too sexy or um just stuff that's not comfortable with you right you mean like in costume or in costume just silly stuff okay well you know to trust trust your gut (laughs) reactions And maybe go, you know, perhaps that's not appropriate. All right, um, makeup on children. I, I, I think it's anyone under ten. I, I don't see the need for makeup. You know. Yeah. Uh, and also makeup on men. Right. A, a, not um. A, a, too much makeup on men looks 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 wrong. I remember uh, I, I had a new um, makeup artist come to work for for a network, and we had a shoot. And uh, she made this guy up, and honestly, he turned up, and we all just <laughs> went, "Oh my god!" Full mascara, full eyeliner. Oh well, that's it, just he was he like it was, silly. and because she was, I think she was taught that it was like you have to stack it on so that because it'll be blown out. But he looked, it was awful. So right. I think with men, it, it, you shouldn't even be able to see it. Maybe a bit of a touch up if they got a little bit of a ruddy skin tone. Yeah. But, like, avoid the mascara and the rest of it. It's not necessary. Now, I understand that you think it's a mistake to put big watermarks on images. I do. I, I, Why um, is that? Well, I just think that screams that you're not a professional, that you're putting, and it's like, steal my images, please. Yeah, right. I don't trust you, is what it says, when you're putting a massive watermark. I think, you know, ever seen any Leibowitz with any watermarks on her images? Uh-huh. Have you? No, no. <laughs> she so might not know. She might not know how to put them on. <laughs> Probably not. She didn't well, know how to manage her finances. I know she didn't. <laughs> listen, let's not diss Annie. Okay. I love her. Yes. I love her. All right. Okay. I just watched the documentary on her while I was waiting for you to come okay. on. So, no <laughs> trash talking. Annie. I won't. All right. I'm Good. sorry. Um, I think if you're going to look, I think uh, by all means protect your work. Um, but if you're going to uh, put a massive watermark across the middle of the image, A, no one's going to uh, see it that way or want to reshare it. There's a lot of editors that will go to, uh, that will, will not look at shots if they've got massive watermarks across them. They won't even look at them. Mm-hmm. So discreet ones in the corner to, to protect you, but you keep it discreet, not, not, not massive, I don't think. Okay. What's your thought on that? I don't, I mean, if I'm looking at them with potential to buy, I don't have, from a picture agency, yeah. I don't have a problem with that because I understand why it's there so that mm. it can't be just used because it's so easy these days with digital compared yeah. to, you know, in the days when it was film. So I don't have a problem in that front. I do agree with you, though, however, where if there is a gigantic watermark, it does kind of scream, I'm really insecure. Yeah. Um, and, and, and sometimes what... What happens is that when I, is when I see a giant watermark across an image that isn't very good, that's <laughs> yeah. actually when I think, oh, you've really got a higher opinion of yourself than you know what's warranted. Uh, so yeah, it depends on the situation, to be honest. So 
so think about the type. Like, if you really want to put a watermark there, make it a nice one. So, like, you're talking about those stock agencies. Mm. All the stock agencies, they're actually, you can barely see them until you zoom in and then you can see that there is, they're protected by some kind of watermark. But it's quite discreet still mm. for the stock agency. So, mm. think about that if you still want to do that. But, yeah, I think I think I prefer the discreet one. Uh, the old, I'll fix it in post attitude oh. all the time. I know. Uh, yeah, I'll just fix that in post. Oh. That, that, to me, I think that screams I'm a bit lazy and I can't be bothered walking over and yeah. fixing the jacket or, you know, straightening the hair and or doing anything. it can't be fixed in no. post. That's the no. thing that annoys me the most. No. Mm. Yeah, so to, that's right. So just take that extra few minutes and, um, again, and like, there's a massive checklist that you should have and make sure that everything's looking amazing and get... Like, if you can get 90% of your image looking incredible shot in camera, the stuff that you can do to post, can t- like, if it looks great when you finished it, taking it into post is going to take it to that next level. But I don't think that post should be about fixing all the mistakes that you forgot to do while you're shooting it, like m- removing things from the back of the head, getting rid of lint. You know, fixing hairs and all of that. I, I just think that, that well, you're just making more work for yourself. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's a lot of um, things that for us to be aware of and some common mm. mistakes that, you know, I've certainly made myself. We've but that, all made. I've made every one of them. Yeah, and that I see other <laughs> photographers make as well. Yeah. So it's a great um, review of many of those. Now, we also want to say hello to Brian Becknell from Orlando in Florida. Hey, Brian. Hi, Brian, who emailed us to ask a question and he says that he's enjoying the podcast and listening to it on his commute to work. And he's saying that he's just been uh, hired for his first event and it's a social event at a residence where it's a couple that adopted, a gay couple that adopted their daughter and she's turning one, Mm. hoping to capture her blowing the candle but fear everyone else in attendance will be popping out their smartphones, Mm. which is, you know, yeah, a valid concern. So I think Brian is wanting to know how does he get the shot when the poor girl's going to be looking at I know. all of these other, and they're all, and they're all going to be calling her name. Yep. Um, so, what are your um, what are your thoughts on that, Gina? Well, I, so at events like that, the first thing I say is like, you know, don't worry about the the smartphones. What you've got to do is you've got to like make sure that you command. Um, you have that professional air and presence that you make sure that everyone there knows that you're the professional, mm. okay? And that's how you carry yourself and that's how you stand. I actually, while I was in India, Val, mm. I crashed <laughs> I crashed a wedding. Really? <laughs> it was going on. Yes. Who are you, Vince Vaughn? There was this, there was this at the was one of the resorts I was staying at. There was a wedding going on at the beach, and it was beautiful. And the groom rode in on a horse. Oh, goodness. it was the it was amazing. And um, I just wanted to get some shots. So oh, it was. I've done this with you as Val as well, Val. In New York, we yes. crashed a press conference, didn't we? Yes. How far did we get to the start? Oh, we got all yes. the way in, didn't yes, we? Yes, absolutely. Right, and why? Because the why? Carried... Because it was John Bon Jovi. That's why everyone. Oh, no, no, no. We crashed John Bon Jovi's press conference here, yeah, but we got through. How many barriers? Yeah, four, I think. Yeah, it was four amazing. barriers because I carry myself like a professional going somewhere. It's like I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm taking care of things, right? Mm. It's all about the attitude and people get out of your way. Yeah. So, Brian, on the day, you make sure that you're standing there front and centre. You're kind of, you know. You make your space, you, you, you make yourself ready, and then people will respect that and will get out of your way. And in terms of, like, the shots that they take, don't worry that they're going to be better than yours because they're not because you've got your big boy camera and you just focus on making sure that you get that shot and making sure that you're getting um, making eye contact with the, with the little girl. And even if you're not, then you, you want to be just making sure that you're getting lots of candid shots uh, as well. So that you so that you make sure that you're um, you're there front and center and you get the best of it. And I just thought I'd add as well. So that's great, that's great advice. But <clears throat> uh, 
Gina has mentioned that you need to look like you belong there and that you, yes. you know, carve out your space. But I want to emphasize to everyone who's listening that that doesn't mean that you, um, you know, you create a ruckus. That doesn't mean that you, no. that you, 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 you make your presence known to everyone no. in any way, because I've watched Gina do this in action, you know, at that press conference, but at numerous other events as well. And she's extremely subtle about it. She does not draw attention to herself and she does not say, hey, I'm meant to be here, everyone. Everyone get out of my way at all. In fact, it's a very low energy kind of thing, but it's something that Gina carries herself to to give the impression to everyone, I belong here. I'm meant to be here. And I and, and and I've watched it happen, and I've actually been walking next to her, and you know, at um, play in areas where which are meant to be access or areas or, or backstage areas, and people have stopped me, <laughs> and then they've just looked at her, and then they just go go through. <laughs> so, so it's it's it's, it's, it's a, a subtle quiet confidence, thing. yeah, yeah. It's yeah. very it's 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 very subtle. It is a quiet confidence. It's not, you know, bringing attention to yourself or no, or, or, you, you or anything like that. Um, I think if you've done a great job at an event, if people don't notice that you were there, yeah, that's really important. That they might quietly see you working out of the corner of their eye, but you're never stopping anything. You're never getting in anyone's way. You're not interrupting, and you're not making a big deal of it. You just get on with your job, and people do respect that. And yes, I think that's, that's the that's key. The you bring it's even, getting that respect, even though you're not in anyone's way. They know that you are in charge of that particular aspect and they respect you for it that's absolutely right it's it's quite a skill and you know i encourage people to have that quiet confidence yes mm, well great uh great tips for brian um hopefully they're useful for you brian yeah so we've got some more tips for him that i uh that i sent on have we got have we got time val or to, or should we just yeah, um... just do a couple of them so, so he wanted to uh, he wanted to know uh, focal length and and cameras that I'm using when I'm shooting uh, oh, at events. Yes. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I was telling him that uh, to shoot group shots, I shoot at around 24 to 70 millimeter as a focal length, and I shoot around f4 and always focus on the eye. So that way you're going to get the background a little bit out of focus. Okay, so it's not as cluttered and um, you're going to make sure that you, you get everyone in, in the group. Uh, set, I set my ISO at about 400 to 800 and shoot manually if I can. And the aim of the shoot is to use as much ambient as possible in your shot. So if it's a if it's a, a like an evening situation and you've got like so like beautiful lights on in the room, you sort of want them all twinkling in the background and yeah. we're just using the flash just to pop in a little bit of light to clean up the skin tones, okay? If I'm doing candid stuff, I will shoot as wide open as possible. So if, if your lens goes to 2.8, then shoot at 2.8. Again, focus on the eyes. If you've got a faster lens, open up as wide as possible, okay? So you want to make your subject, they're sharp in the, in the shot and the background gets thrown out of focus. So it really makes your person the hero of the shot, Okay, do the same for all the detail shots. If you're doing shots of the flowers and the tables and all of that, pick an area, focus on that and let the rest go so you get that beautiful dreamy quality to the shot. Mingle chat, be friendly, um, have a smile on your face and, uh, you know, make sure that you you cover the room as as best you can. Okay, so I think that... um you know, this is advice for a social event. So that brings us to a great theme for hashtag Gina Challenge, which is, I think, social. Hey, great. So for, for all of you who are taking part in hashtag Gina Challenge, whatever social means to you, yeah. uh, upload that onto either Instagram or Google Plus uh, and ideally onto the uh, So You Want to Be a Photographer Google Plus page because then it's all in one spot and we can all have a look at each other's shots yeah. and that'd be great or, or upload them to both if you want yeah, we'll yeah, definitely yeah. look at it at one or the other so that brings us to the end of our podcast this week what are you up to this week gina awesome well more shooting i'm working in the theater this oh, week. wow. So very exciting, yes. It's like um, behind the scenes in the theatre or are you doing publicity stills for a, 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 a bit stage of all play? of that, yes. Mm. Wonderful. So fun and games. What, are you, what about you, Val? Apart from shooting photos of my cats. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, just playing around actually with the um, uh, DSLR on some video. So I, I'm not very good at that at this yeah. stage, um, yeah. but I'm just going to be mucking around and you know uh, and seeing what happens, seeing if I like it. Awesome. Like so awesome. Yeah. Anyway, I look forward to the uh, footage of the cats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really should branch out, but the reality is not likely to. It's not, it's not going to happen. You yeah. probably got a, a, a styrofoam head of a cat that you take around as well. No. <laughs> no. Anyway, on that note, thank you so much for listening, everyone. If you have a question or if you'd just like to send us a note about the podcast, news at ginamilitia.com. That's G-I-N-A-M for Mary, I-L-I-C-I-A. So news at ginamilitia.com. Also remember that you can get uh, Gina's free ebook. Um called The Shot on her website, ginamilitia.com, and also join her newsletter. We'd really love to be able to send you even more tips and um, uh, exclusive offers as well from Gina. Yeah. And um, you can follow Gina on social media. Where, whereabouts, Gina? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Gina Militia, Instagram at Gina Militia, Gina Militia Photography on uh, Facebook. Great. And I'm at Valerie Koo on Instagram and Twitter. And, uh, you know, do come and visit us on So You Want to Be a Photographer on Google+. And remember, yep. hashtag Gina Challenge. The theme this week is social. Awesome. So until next time, thank you so much for listening, everybody. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.